Hey guys, what's up? For this episode of Flick City, I interviewed filmmaker Scott B. Hansen and Desiree Connell. They helmed and wrote the new movie Bad Candy. Bad Candy is an anthology-themed narrative that focuses on Halloween. It's Halloween night in New Salem, and radio DJs Chili Billy and Paul tell a twisted anthology of terrifying local myths. Residents of the small town experience horrifying paranormal encounters that lead them to a grim end. So yeah, this is this movie, it's, it runs 100 minutes. And you know, a lot of anthologies, they, they sort of gradually bleed into one, to one another. Or sometimes the anthology, the anthology is actually just, they're standalone stories. And maybe there is a very lack of a connective thread, or if that very slim, a slender thread that connects all three. So by the end of the movie, you're judging which one is the best or which one is the worst, etc., etc., for this movie, I've only seen it once, okay? And Bad Candy's interesting. I, the one word that comes to my mind is freewheeling because it's all over the place, this anthology. And that sounds like a very bad thing to say, but I think this freewheeling, adrenalized energy of Bad Candy really makes it a fun watch. And the filmmakers, Scott B. Hansen and Desiree Connell, they, you can tell they really love the horror genre space. And with... A limited budget. The movie looks really good. Some really good music from Under Oath musician Chris Dudley. Really good stuff from him. I was really interested in the music, and I, you know, Chris is actually a friend of the show, and I was pleasantly surprised that the music was applied by him. I was looking at the end credits. Oh, cool, very cool. But this is a very interesting indie film, and you know, there it really. I love the fact that it's really politically incorrect it just goes goes for the story goes for the jugular there's some really interesting kills good good practical effects really loved a lot of things about bad candy again it's a horror film that runs 100 minutes it's currently out now on video on demand and in select theaters and it will hit blu-ray on october 12th so okay also in this interview i talked to them i asked for some filmmaking advice from Hanson and Connell, the the challenges of making this movie. Again, this movie is an anthology, and it's not just one of these things where each story, there are two or three people in it. It just seems like there's about 50 or 60 um, speaking parts in this movie. It's a very Robert Altman, Nashville-esque kind of movie because there's just a lot of just a lot of floating balls in the air, and I, I have no idea how they did it. It was very impressive how they actually came off and pulled off the feats that they did with Bad Candy. Also, the radio DJs Chili Billy and Paul. Chili Billy is played by Corey Taylor, who you might know from Slipknot. And also, Paul is played by Zach Galligan. A lot of you know Zach Galligan from his work in the Gremlin films, the Gremlins movies. So I've only, you know, I've only seen Gremlins, and that's the only movie of uh, Zach's I've seen. And I only saw Gremlins just a year ago. Have not seen the sequel. Towards the end. I asked them about them because this is Flick City. After all, I asked Scott and Desiree to name some of their favorite movies. Desiree talked about her love for Labyrinth from Jim Henson, starring Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie. She also mentioned Pan's Labyrinth. I still have not seen Labyrinth. I'm fi- I just turned 50. I confuse Labyrinth, Willow, and Legend all at the same time. For some reason, while she was saying Labyrinth, I was thinking... It was a Ridley Scott film. I'm so glad I did not mention Ridley Scott because she mentioned, thankfully, Jim Henson before I could put my mouth in and mention Ridley Scott to show off my stupidity. And she also mentioned Pan's Labyrinth, which, you know, I remember I was a little bit disappointed with that with that movie. 
I, I remember Anderson not really loving it as well. But most people, it too, to most people, most of everyone's defense, everyone, best picture, right? Everyone pretty much loves Pan's Labyrinth. There's just maybe a few, a minority of miscreants and horrible human beings who do not like Pan's Labyrinth, myself included. Finally, Scott talks, Scott B. Hansen talks about how Aliens is one of his all-time favorite movies as well. Last but not least, one of the things I'm going to be start, I'm going to start doing with my interviews is... I'm going to ask about non-fungible tokens because I've been really into the cryptocurrency space since this April. And I don't know, I've mentioned it tangentially here on the Cinematics podcast with Anderson, on this podcast with Anderson, and on Find Your Film with Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes. But I wake up every day and every night just really engaged in this whole cryptocurrency space. One of the first rules is if you are one of these really crypto nerds like me, you like to call it not just cryptocurrency, because you're actually you're calling it crypto assets, crypto assets. So because there's a lot of technology that's being built within this currency world, this cryptocurrency world, and hopefully some of you guys are on board with this train. If you have no idea what I'm saying regarding cryptocurrency or, or crypto assets or NFTs, check out I have a Coinbase referral link at the on the show notes, the podcast show notes, and my initial my introduction to cryptocurrency came from actually downloading Coinbase on my iPhone app. And they have this really cool thing where it's called Coinbase Earn. And all you need to do, it's free. If you download Coinbase on your phone, you can actually just take quizzes that last you maybe a minute or two at the most, and you get money. You just get like free money. It's not free dollars, like maybe $3 worth of a certain coin. And and you take that coin's quizzes, and after you correctly answer the questions... It, by the way, this is these quizzes are like, if an idiot like me can answer them, you can answer them. It's very, very easy to do, and you'll get passive income along the way. So I'll have my Coinbase referral link down below if you have not signed up for Coinbase as of yet. And from this referral link, you know, it, it, this will be a great way for you to actually get into the crypto world without actually spending any money. All you need to do is spend several minutes of your time and, and do these quizzes, get some free money in the interim, and then just start learning from there step by step. And that ties into with all these NFT non-fungible tokens questions I'll be asking these actors and filmmakers down the road. Now, most importantly, since you guys have been long, long-time listeners of Cinematics, Coinbase referral thing aside, if you have any questions regarding this whole Coinbase thing or crypto and everything, just email me. You know, Anderson has for years since I don't know how long he's been been doing the film vault with with Brian and um, after disaster with the guys with with Mike and Tyler. He's he always answers emails, and I'm trying to get better this year at finally answering emails. If you have any questions regarding movies or crypto or whatever Coinbase, etc., I'm free. Email me at editor editor at deepestream.com. I will try my best to answer your questions. Again, this is not financial advice. This is just financial information and insights from me. And maybe maybe if it's, I don't know, me and insights probably don't get along together, but there are more insightful things. There, At least there's going to be some insightful stuff, hopefully that you're going to glean from this interview with Scott B. Hansen and Desiree Connell on their new film, Bad Candy, indie horror film that I was pleasantly surprised by and these guys are really cool and yes i definitely need to see labyrinth thank you so much guys for supporting us here on cinematics i'm gonna shut up now bad candy bad caddy bad caddy bad candy interview right now take care hey guys how you guys doing 
Hey, how you doing? Good. Great, great. And I think this is you're, you're getting this question. I'm sure all all morning. But if you're going to have a movie about clowns and creatures, along with some really good music, what is it like having Zach and Court Corey just pretty much being the Rod Serling's of your of your anthology universe? Was that just a perfect choice for both of you? We were very excited when we got the green light that that was actually happening. I think I was in I was in London, yeah, at a pub in London when I found out that they we were officially like signed in. Ooh, I was in a great place for celebrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it was good. We we were going through a lot of different phases on who we wanted to be, Chili Billy and Paul, and it had been a very long conversation to get the people we wanted and. I have to say we were delighted to have them. They brought such a special element to the film to give it just that extra edge that we we love so much, classic 80s and yeah, having Zach was music amazing. that we love, it just worked out well. Yeah, having Corey cuz Corey hadn't really done a movie yet. He had done some cameos, but we were like, "Hey man, you have the voice. We can help coach you. We you know, we got you. We can work with you." And he just has that voice and he has that energy for horror. So I think just working with him is pretty amazing, honestly. Fans of Slipknot and, you know, Corey Taylor is kind of cool. Yeah, and Corey and Zach are fans of each other, so that worked out. Yeah, they broke well. big time. So that was, that was a nice day on set when they were both big fans of each other. So that was cool. And speaking of fans, I'm a fan of Un- Under Oath and Dudley's work. Can you guys talk about I – th- I thought that was another inspired choice. Can you just talk about working with just a really up-and-coming composer and really good musician? We yeah. love we love Chris. Chris has been a friend of ours for years. And it's funny because it was also a connection of Chris was a fan of Scott's and th- we went to one of their shows. Oh God, what year was that? 2015 yeah. around there. It was a while ago. We do a lot of music videos too. So yeah. that's how we met under oath and Chris and it just kind of made a connection. And we just had, we had dinner and then we just became friends. And then a couple of years later, we were like, Hey, we're going to start this project. And he's like, I'm starting to get into composing hardcore. And we just talked to him about it and it's completely our vibe. And he nailed it. Totally nailed it. Couldn't have done it without him. It was so beautiful. And the stuff that he made that's not in the film. Oh, it's so good. I wish I could sell a soundtrack. Like it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, I, I really what I really love about this film is you could have made just a straight ahead horror film with some really cool practical effects. But as you so, sort of just really dive into the story, there is just a lot of stuff, a lot of layers going in. And you guys as storytellers, you could have just you didn't, you could have just mailed your check in the door and not go deep. And can you just talk about going that extra mile and making your story really fully fleshed out? And I really enjoyed the the, the layers behind this film. Thank you. Thank you. I think we worked really hard to, like Scott said earlier today, I know you weren't there, but like we really wanted to build this world that you could easily imagine as a real place and that there's real people that live there and this went down. It's fun for us to, to make a whole community a part of the story because part of the community, I think the house at the end is almost a character in itself. You know, these are all just elements that build together to create a bigger functioning background and I like knowing more about everything I like backstories on stuff I like commentary too with yeah the the house break-in you know that's pretty relevant you know that kind of stuff and it's just uh yeah jumping around you know we, we we wanted to make a movie that 
where the it wasn't just like you know in it where the the clown is killing kids and stuff we wanted to make a character that was friendly to people that respect the holiday and then terrifying to people that do wrong by the holiday and i think that's coming up with that clown costume and idea and mask and all that was we we're trying to trying to uh make that freaky and friendly at the same time where it could be you know kira draws the clown it, it's her creation and anything she draws comes to life so but we're also massive fans of dark comedy so you know like gotta have fun with it <laughs> yeah we like we like yeah let's do let's kill like 40 people and then make a joke about it because right. why not at this point like, it's great <laughs> and and to that point look you, you guys were talking about 80s 80s films we live in such a politically correct climate i just really love how you guys said you know we're just going to tell the story and if it offends people then just don't watch the movie but yep. you're just going to get so many people who support the movie because it just really tells a story that's very unvarnished can you guys talk about that aspect in creating this world yeah we just don't give uh sorry i don't know where this is going we um are very unaffected by if somebody doesn't like something sorry you go make a movie (laughs) like you go do this let me see what you've got and and then we'll talk but no we just we wanted to make our own project we wanted to make something that was us that spoke to the things that we enjoyed and the things that we hadn't seen and the things that we thought we could build on and if somebody doesn't like it sorry (laughs) yeah we have veterans with ptsd coming back and they're cleaning the town you know, the, the themes of that are pretty interesting, being cleaners and protectors, but they're doing terrible things. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun, you know, and then we have two guys trying to do a, a home invasion. One's obviously wearing a backwards red cap, which we all know what that means. So there's some commentary, you know, we're, we're kind of playing with some, uh, we're kind of stepping into some hot water with that scene for sure, just because of the way it dictates and, you know, picture. Oh so. no, sad. We wanted to pull some strings. We wanted to oh, get the racists are sad. Oh no. Yeah. You. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry, I, oh. going. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. And you know, also, you guys have your own company. You, you're both veterans in filmmaking and knowing how to run a production. But for people who are just on the come up as far as indie filmmakers are trying to make a film, what's the key to actually? working within a budget, but you're also want to be ambitious where you have so many location shoots, seemingly so from watching your movie. And then on top of that, you have, I don't know how many speaking parts. This just seemed like a big mountain to like, you're like free soloing the mountain without any kind of support. What is the key to doing that? Uh, Have someone who understands logistics. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Everybody asks us, what was the greatest challenge of this film? Logistics. It's, It's a juggling act to... So many characters. All of the ensemble, all of the locations, like available times, budget, staying within your means, but also saying, yeah, you know what? Spend 10 grand on this. Let's just do it. Let's just, let's just do it. Well, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, then hey, we at least tried. I would recommend to younger people to try to build their story before trying to save their story with effects, be them practical or visual. If you've got something that speaks to people or really goes into depth in an area that you're trying to tell that story, that's more important, I think, than other layers. But adding those layers on top of that is what really builds it up, I think. Using what you have, too, available to you is always... Yeah, yeah definitely being resourceful. 
be resourceful as much as you can because doing a lot of locations for us was tough, you know, just trying to battle weather, battle set design, even, you know, just uh, stunts. And this is a tiny indie film. This is not like a big SAG production with millions of dollars. So when people were like, you know, compare us to like a $15 million movie like Trick or Treat, I'm like, ah, we're like, did none of that. None of we, we did what we imagine what we'll have when we do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we we were just very resourceful. Don't have millions of dollars for effects and stunt crews. We had like one stunt guy. (laughs) Yeah, so we we tried to play whatever we could get, but I mean, it definitely worked out. But you just got to be resourceful, and you can't give up. You know, you have to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely don't understand that art has layers to it and there's going to be moments where you're discouraged by that because it's not math it's not one plus one equals this it's okay so it's 40 degrees out tonight but we only have this for this one weekend so let's just do it and let's see how it goes and then when it turns out fantastic and you took the risk and it paid off it's exhilarating it's nice you know, on the point of art having so many layers and degrees, I, we're in the early days of, of as far as crypto assets, but a lot of filmmakers and storytellers, they're, they're slowly getting into the NFT or non-fungible token space. I mean, down the road, when you guys are making really immersive universes like your film, do you think that's a, a space you guys might want to go into? Because I know you have a merch shop for Bad Candy, but like maybe if this was like two years ahead, maybe you guys would be also posting up NFTs on some of the some of the really interesting characters here. Is that something that maybe I down the road you might really yeah discuss that yet? Yeah, no. we, I've been looking into that. I'm trying to learn more about it. It's so new and it's definitely I can see it growing big with movie stuff. And I, even Chris Dudley is doing NFT. I saw that. He, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was doing one. Uh, he was posting about it like last week, and I was like, "Oh, you're on this too." He's like, "Yeah, I'm trying to." trying to try it out. I was like, that's interesting, you know, and I've heard of people raising money with Bitcoin, you know, for their movies. So I thought that was pretty interesting too. Yeah. Very quickly. Cause like, if like, let's just say I bought an NFT from you guys uh, from bad candy. So if I own it now, I could, I could just flip it and sell it. That said you as the owners of the, you have the propriety, you will have, you can actually get once it's sold, you guys get also residuals on the sale sale of my NFT, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's something I think a, a year or two from now, I think a lot of content creators will be talking about. So it's just interesting because that you have to have some sort of regulation on that because a lot of independent artists get burned in a lot of ways like that. Like I, how am I going to prove it? How am I going to, prove these things like if it's an unregulated trade how can i prove that i'm owed whatever percent you know and how many times does that stack does that sit like taxes you know does that sit like taxes every single time it gets traded i get a percent or does that slowly just cap yeah that's true logistics and that's the answer you get when you ask logistics (laughs) that's very (laughs) very logical and rational we definitely need that my final question to you guys is just wondering right off the top of your head, can each of you name one of your all-time favorite movies? And what is it about this specific movie that still resonates with you personally today? Labyrinth. It's my oh, favorite movie. I've never seen it. You know, I th- what makes it so special, I guess? I'm, I'm my bad. So. Okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> and spandex. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Thank you. You know, I'm not mad at David Bowie and spandex. Thank you for the universe. I just, I love the original story. The The books go, oh, the books just really go into depth. But I mean, Jim Henson, like David Jennifer Bowie. Conley, young Jennifer Conley. Like, yeah. 
it's it's just it's one of those tales that just speaks to you and then oh god and then secondly sorry second close pan's labyrinth yeah because yeah. i mean del toro just nobody else makes creatures like him you want a creature movie you go see a del toro movie it's and they're brilliant i know scott would agree with me but scott, yeah i was gonna say know? aliens is my favorite <laughs> horror movie james cameron sigourney weaver that movie if it came out today would make a billion dollars and it came out in 1986 and it's still superior than 99 percent of the stuff we get today and i just that's my favorite horror movie action horror thank you guys so much for your time really What's your favorite? Oh, what's what's my favorite? Yeah, what's your? Oh, favorite? what's yeah? I mean, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a huge Hitchcock fan, so I love Vertigo. Yeah. That's my all time favorite movie. Okay, yeah. So, Hitchcock's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Love gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much for your time. Really love the film. Really appreciated that it's made by filmmakers who really are passionate about the genre space. So, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for watching. We appreciate it. Thank you for watching yeah. it.